His name is Austin. He's American, but don't hold that against him. My name is Rich. I'm English, and to be honest, we're not much better. This is too good to be true crime. There's two rival real estate developers. One of them hired a contract killer to kill the other. But what he doesn't know is that the hitman has outsourced the job to another hitman. It just so happened that hitman number three hires the job out to another hitman. This is unbelievable. This can't be true. Austin, how are you, buddy? Hey, Rich. What's going on, man? It's always great to see you. Mate, it's good to see you too. You're over there in Manhattan, New York, as always. And how is it in Manhattan? What's going on? It's a nice fall day today, and there's not too much going on. It was a, it was a little bit wet this last week. Hate that. But I did some backup singing for an awesome performer named Remember Jones. And shout out to Remember Jones. Shout out to Remember Jones. I had an amazing time. Thankfully, there was nothing... nothing podcast related to report in terms of any crime so nothing nothing too good to be true crime <laughs> that i can relate to you there but i sang back up for remember jones he's an incredible artist and he performed at the count basie we performed at the count basie of remember jones reimagines artists legendary artists and he did a reimagining of the music of queen so i sang back up for him doing queen and we performed uh, the whole show was about two hours, maybe two and a half, and I got to perform with some other backup singers for the last 30 minutes of the show. So there was Queen, there was a horn section, there was a strings section, there were bikes on stage, there were costumes, there were lights. Obviously, as you know, as a, aside from being a podcast extraordinaire, your day job, you are a singer, aren't you? You're a gigging singer in New York. That's what you do for a living. I'm a singer, I'm an actor, I'm a musician, I play a lot of piano, and I teach some lessons. Yeah, a student of music, mate. So is it cold there, mate? It's so cold here, it's suddenly dropped. Like I picked my other half um, up from the airport, Gemma, last night. Um, she's been away uh, for a while, for a few days, five five days, I think. Oh, we'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, mate, when I picked her up from the airport last night, it was like midnight, half midnight, my car was reading zero. Like zero. Oof. And last week it was like, mate, it was in the 70s last week and now it's dropped. But apparently we're going to have another little heat wave apparently before October is out, which I love. I love the warm weather, mate. It's amazing. I miss it. I'm missing. I'm not looking forward to... Um... You like the holidays, don't you? Holiday season. I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... There's something about the run up to Christmas. I mean, you guys have... Thanksgiving don't you so that's like a holiday season and then as soon as Thanksgiving's done it's you're on the countdown to Christmas aren't you yes because we have we have Halloween uh, of course Halloween as well but that's massive over there isn't it it's oh, quite yeah. big here now but no it wasn't always that big when I was growing up and I was kind of just like we have um the 5th of November which is bonfire night which is the story of Guy Fawkes which you probably don't know much about Guy Fawkes do you I don't know much that's the mask that's in the um in the movie what's that what's that film with Natalie Portman oh I don't know what that film is he wears a Guy Fawkes mask V for Vendetta oh right yeah because Guy Fawkes it was a plot to blow up the House of Parliament which was foiled and so there's fireworks and bonfires and all, all kinds of stuff now but then you got that lead up to Christmas I have to be honest I'm probably in the minority by saying this I find the Christmas season just a little bit depressing <laughs> I really it's, do. It's a season that is accompanied by very complicated feelings, isn't it? It is, because I, I'm not a fan of, like, enforced happiness. You have to be happy. Oh, it's the season of joy. Come on, you have to be happy. You have to enjoy it. And then we get to New Year, and it's like, oh, the song Old Lang Syne, 
I find it a bit sad because all it does is remind me that I'm a year closer to death. <laughs> oh, in, no. all <laughs> in all seriousness, but anyway, we're not we're not quite there yet. Yeah, so I picked up Gem from the airport yesterday. So she was in Lisbon. Um, in Portugal with her friend who was it was her 40th not Gemma's it was uh, her friend's 40th birthday celebrations and she was really good for it because she's not had a European holiday this year and I've been to Portugal I worked there before and I said you're going to love Lisbon it's amazing it's beautiful there's culture it's like one of those beautiful kind of um, European cities cobbled streets it's beautiful architecture you know what the first thing she saw was when she got there Uh a man pulled down his pants and took a dump in the street stop And she didn't just see the dump. Mate, she saw everything. I've seen everything. He literally pulled down his pants and took a dump in the street. That was the culture that she saw in Lisbon. Oh, that can be traumatic. Oh, no. That's really shitty. (laughs) She had a great time, though. But there's a museum there in a hotel. And I think think Lisbon in particular is quite... It's almost like the epicentre of Portugal for, like, hookers and stuff, ladies of the night. And they've got a celebratory museum there, much like Amsterdam. I'd imagine. I suppose I it's because there's a there's a cruise port there, isn't there? So you know, over the decades, as sailors and stuff have been coming in, in this museum, mate, there's like they've got like a jar of pubes, like it's like like a jar of pubic hair and stuff, like from the celebrated hookers from days gone by. <laughs> also, they have jars of like like semen that like's just been congealed and oh, kept. Oh no! Like that. Yeah, that's the exhibits, mate. It's Not quite congealed, amazing, mate. But she had a good time. Just some great stories coming back. Like there's a lot of people that flew in from all over the world. There's some people that fl- flew over from your neck of the woods, um, from America. But they live in Arizona, and they were saying to Jen, you- "You've got to come over. You've got to bring Rich. You've got to come and hang out." She's <laughs> like, "Oh, that'd be amazing. I'd love to come to Arizona." When should I come? And they said, just don't come in July and August because it's tarantula season. I was like, what the hell? Tarantula season? Yeah, we have to get the exterminators that come in. And they're like searching for all the... Tra- I'm like, I-, I will never go to Arizona purely because the fact that there are tarantulas there, whether it's tarantula season or not. Well, I thought she you were also- going to say... I thought she was going to say don't come in those months because you could literally fry an egg on your driveway. Well, probably that as well. Maybe that's why there's- it's tarantula season because they're all looking for some shade. May I would... I- hate spiders at the best of times but tarantula season that sounds to me absolutely horrendous but those same people said they were taking the bins out one night they looked to the left and there's a warthog just standing looking at them so she's empty putting the bins away and this warthog just charges her and like attacks her she was attacked by a warthog and i'm thinking you're living in the desert where it's brutally hot. You have tarantula season and there's a possibility of getting eaten by a coyote or getting attacked by a warthog. It sounds like a place that I don't want to visit, mate, to be honest. An but, absolute um, waste. Great stories. Well, we've had, like we've had this conversation not on the pod, but we've had the conversation before about what would you rather find crawling in your house, say across your family room or living room or maybe in the kitchen. I would rather have a cockroach in my house... Than, Can't bear than, than, a, than a mouse. But you said that you would rather have a mouse than a cockroach. Yeah, well, mice over here, we're, I guess we're kind of quite used to mice. And I guess in New York, where you live, you're pretty used to roaches and rats, right? So I guess it's what, you, what you've been, like, I'd say, <laughs> been brought up with, not been brought up with mice. But if we're in the underground in London, I was brought up with a couple of cockroaches. Shout out to my siblings. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you're standing on the platform on the underground 
and you're always seeing like little mice, but I think they're quite cute. I mean, they are, they are vermin. I wouldn't want to pick one up. But to be honest, I'm sitting in my apartment in Manhattan and a roach came, you know, running across the floor. It wouldn't be something that I would enjoy, to be honest. And the rats, dude, the rats are in New York. They're massive. And did you know this about rats? This is, a, I don't know if this is like just rumor, but once I either read, I was told by someone that rats, that you're like the, the point in, in your body where you are kind of most at risk is your neck. So they know that that is a point that they should attack should they feel that they're coming under fire by you. So if, if you see a bunch of rats and they're feeling like that you're going to be under, you know, you're, you're going to be like wanting to attack them, they will run up you and they will try and attack your jugular vein. Fuck That's that. how much they know about the human... No, mate, God, no, no. But I just... Why... Whenever I think evolution has failed, you know, people go, "Oh, well, you need cockroaches because of this, or you need trenches because of that." Why do we need any of it? <laughs> Why didn't evolution decide that we don't need these things? Let's let's cut that out the food chain and just have things that be nice to each other. I don't know. Mate, I can't it, think oh, of a good reason. Yeah. No, I can't either. But mate, here we are. What are we? We're episode nine. This is our first video content podcast. We're going to be streaming this on YouTube among the other platforms you can find us on youtube is where you can see us as we're going on tour a tour of japan and we'll also be doing our best to bring you some true crime stories that are hilarious that are just too good to be true but we'll be in japan we're going to try and bring you some stories that are from japan it's quite quite an important day for us because we're actually this is our first video content podcast isn't it i can it see is. you and we've got our little signs up we're going to be streaming this on youtube among the other platforms you can find us on youtube is where you can see us um you can also find us obviously on apple podcasts and spotify you can follow us on instagram you can follow us on tiktok if you got if you if you're bored if you if your thumbs don't know what they want to press just hover over that little like button just hover over that five star review help a couple of dudes out we're growing our audience on this podcast any help that the listeners can give us we very much appreciate it don't we yeah, and our other our other channels are Instagram, our TikTok, our YouTube. If you check them out, we have a little bit different content on there. So you're not only going to get the same thing that you get here from our pod. We've got really funny, uh, really funny. We've got some tidbits, okay? I happen to think they're pretty funny, but I'll let you decide for yourself. We got some little shorts, haven't we? Yes. To what we got? They are they're true quotes from the courtroom, ably acted out by myself. And Austin. Yep, that's right. That's what our life's our life's work has has culminated to this moment of acting out the floating heads on TikTok. And I never knew anything about TikTok, but I'm being drawn in and drawn in and drawn in, and so I feel myself being part of the TikTok generation. Which I that you know, do I loathe myself a little bit for that? Probably, but mate, it's necessary. It's the world we live in, isn't it? Yeah. What are you gonna do? And I'll I'll add that I. My expertise in TikTok goes uh, like about an hour earlier than, than when you downloaded TikTok. But hey, we're doing our best, so. You think that way though, your brain works to work the problems out. Whereas I, I look at it and I, it's just a mess to me. It doesn't make sense, so I'm just- It's our a, upbringing. I was raised with cockroaches and you were raised with mice. You know, <laughs> we just, we come from different backgrounds. Well, to be fair to say, I am obviously a little bit older than you. I'm not your father. Should we just put that out there? You I'm sure not Austin's not. father. It's true. No. But I am a little bit older. You're and, not my um, sugar daddy either. Not yet. But if we get some more money coming in from the pod, mate, who knows? It's, you could be calling me up. I could say, hey, 
why don't you just send me a couple of pictures of your feet and maybe I'll uh, (laughs) send you some money via Venmo, mate. um, Too good to be foot picked. Too good to be foot picked, mate. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Should we, uh, let's tell the listeners, so a little bit of exciting news from us because, um, you know, we've just discussed that you are a singer and an actor. I am too. We're also in a band. Our band is called Unity and we've got a bit of news, haven't we? Because we're going on tour. Unity, going on tour. Richard and Austin and our two other wonderful buddies who hopefully you'll hear from as guests on the pod. We do. We want to get them on the podcast, don't we, when we are. We're going on a a tour of Japan. We're going on our travels. We're going to be performing some songs um, in different areas of Japan. We're going to be boarding the MSC Bellissima cruise ship. um, And we're very much looking forward to it, getting back together all in the same room. And and like we said, hopefully on... uh, on a forthcoming pod, we'll have Garrett and Brian. Shout out to Garrett and Brian, our bandmates, and we might do a little pod where you might be able to hear and possibly even see them if we record it video, um, record some video whilst we're doing that, hey? And we'll also be doing our best to bring you some true crime stories that are hilarious, that are just too good to be true, and they'll be relevant to what we're doing. So we'll be in Japan. We're going to try and bring you some stories of too good to be true crimes that are Japanese, that are from Japan, and we'll also be on a on a ship just a little bit. So you may even hear a little bit about cruise crime. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, back to today's episode. Austin, it's your story, mate. What have you got for me today? Too fucking good to be true crime. Our too good to be true crime from today starts in 2012. There's two um, rival real estate developers. One's name is Tan and one's name is Wei. All right. They're, Got it. They're rival real estate developers. They end up taking each other to court. And in order to deal with uh, not having to go to court and possibly lose a fuck ton of money, one of them hired a contract killer to kill the other. Tan has hired a contract killer to take out his competitor named Wei. So they were businessmen together and now they're competitors. Got it. That's it. Yeah. They, they had bit gone on in investments together and stuff, but at some point things turn sour. And so, you know, they end up on, on the precipice of a court battle and, and every businessman wants to keep his money. So instead of having to deal with court, he just goes and hires a contract killer to take out way. <laughs> That's extreme. He wants to take way, way out. He's just going to, he's just going to wipe him out of the, wipe him out of the competition. So Pull away. <laughs> so Tom gives a white cell phone to the hitman that he hired, okay? And the white cell phone contained his phone number, but it also contained the phone number of the victim, Wei. So Wei's phone number, Wei's ID, his license plate, like a bunch of info is in this white cell phone. And, uh, and so the hitman is supposed to take a photo of the dead body after he takes out Wei and then send that photo to Tan. Easy enough job if you're a hitman, you know, it should be pretty easy. He was offered 2 million yuan. He's waiting to hear back from the hitman. Hopefully he's going to get like maybe a selfie of his competitor's dead body. But what he doesn't know is that the hitman has outsourced the job to another hitman. Because <laughs> he's busy. He's got, he's got a lot of killing to do. I can't do this one. I'm going to hand it off. He's subcontracting. Have you ever had, have you ever had somebody else do your homework for you? You know, pay him, t- yeah, pay him 20 it. bucks to do your homework. It's kind of like that. We've all been there. Yes. Subletting your spare room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So he's just yeah, going to su- subcontract it to a second hitman. Now we have two hitmen. So if you were offered 2 million yuan, 
and then you subcontracted it out to another hitman, how much would you offer to pay the hitman to do the job? You're still going to want to keep some money for yourself, aren't you? So I'm presuming he's going to give him half? That's exactly what he offered him. Right. Makes sense. I'm an actor. I'm a musician. Us musicians, we count to four over and over again, sometimes eight. That is Manhattan at its finest, those sirens I can hear outside your office there. So I'm not good with math, but we're going to try our best to get this math here. So we've gone from two million to one million. So now we have two, two hitmen. We've just cut it in half easy. But it's not going to be that easy because hitman number two hired the job out to hitman number three. So he's, he's subletted, and that subletter has then subletted once again. That, yeah, exactly. That's right. I mean, clearly business is good for these hitmen <laughs> because they're obviously so busy they can't afford to get all the jobs done. So how much should hitman number two... He, I mean, theoretically, he knows he's hitman number two, right? How much should hitman yeah. number two keep? How much should he give to hitman number three? So, hold on. So, Hitman number one was the person that was, like, employed to do this job. Hitman, um, Hitman number two is the first subletter. And Hitman number three is third in the chain. So, I'm presuming, well, if Hitman number two was being offered a million, Hitman number three, I don't know, 500 grand? He's actually offered more than what you would have given him, Rich. Oh, is he? Hitman, yeah, number, no, th Hitman number three gets 270000 beforehand. Right, okay. And then 500000 right. after. So that's 770000 Right, okay. All right. So um, Hitman number three is supposed to take care of the job. He knows who to text. He's just going to text the, 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 the person who hired him out. Um, right. And, and he'll just send him the photo of the dead body when the deed is done. Yeah. And of course, so we, know that, right. we know that Hitman number three is going to be texting the photo to Hitman number two, who is going to be texting the photo to Hitman number one, who then has to send it to the businessman who has hired them out. I mean, to simplify it, they should just have a WhatsApp group. Then everyone gets <laughs> a photo at the same time, right? It's true. It's true. Um, okay. All right. So... Tan is waiting, waiting, waiting for, you know, to receive a message that his competitor way has been taken out. The wait will go on a little bit longer because it just so happened that hitman number three hires the job out to another hitman, hitman number four. Oh, come on. So <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Do we know the reasons why these guys are subletting this contract to the next person down the list? We don't know why. They just do you think they just they got cold feet. They were nervous or they were just like, actually, my schedule is full. I've got a lot of killing to do. I can't fit this one in. Is that what's I, happening? I suppose. I, I guess it also sounds like a pretty solid business idea to just sort of organize contract killers instead of actually ever have to do it yourself. So maybe yeah, they're all just seeing it as a business opportunity, you know? Yeah, they don't have to get their hands dirty. Yeah. It doesn't really matter who logic. did it, hey, as long as it gets done, you know? We all might make a little money yeah. from it. Yeah, the logic makes sense, but it gets confusing. But who's doing what? All right, and so um, Hitman 4 logically hires the job out to a fifth Hitman. Oh, my God. So there's now five. There's five on the go. And obviously Hitman number five is probably earning, like, I don't know, 10 bucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hit, Hitman, Hitman number five was supposed to be earning 100 thousand yuan right okay so he's we got went enough from to buy we Starbucks. went from two million to a hundred thousand okay all right yeah so we've really we've really watered down the the earnings here okay so the job is given to hitman number five now we'll try and translate this here into today's u.s currency okay so this ends up being about for the for the for the fifth hitman the lowest amount yeah. of money that anyone's getting paid to do this 
100,000 yuan turns into $14,000. It's not a lot of money to, to exterminate someone, is it, to be no. fair? Especially, I'm presuming in China, I don't know a lot about China, but I'm presuming the penalties are pretty severe out there. Yeah. I mean, is the day they sell the death penalty for something like this? I'm not I don't sure. Know. But a, a contract killing and you're only going to make 14 grand. Mate, that's not even the half a year's wage for a lot of people, is it? Yeah, for sure. And so you're looking at the, t- the, the very first hitman. He, his offer was probably somewhere under two hundred thousand dollars. No experience in the in the hitman, you know, uh, in the hitman industry, but it doesn't feel like a lot of money to be doing something so atrocious. You need to do a bit of research on that, mate. <laughs> you get yourself in the in the inner circle. No. <laughs> All right. See what these kind of contracts are worth. You know, you might second guess the the intelligence of these hitmen, especially hitman number five, who's taken on this yeah. job for like you know such a such a, a low amount of money. But his actions really surprised me, and they may surprise you too. Hitman number five decides to contact Wei. The person whose head had a bounty put out on them gets contacted by Hitman number five. He says, I've been hired to kill you, and for a certain fee, I will not kill you. And I'll help you make this go away. And and so the, and the time. and the original, you know, then they can find out who hired who hired them and this and that. So okay. which way will way go? Well, I mean, way at this point, I'm presuming it could be in fear of his life. I don't know whether he would. Ha- I mean, he obviously knows, you know, his ex business partner pretty well. So he, I imagine he would be able to presume whether this guy is capable of this. You'd be annoyed, wouldn't you? To say the least. I mean, you'd be, you know, be marginally frustrated that someone's taken out a contract on your life. That's right. So I I would say, because the question I was going to ask initially is that is there, are their business dealings legitimate? Because they were in business together for real estate. How legitimate that real estate business was, we don't know. Yeah, so, I believe that the I believe that the legitimacy was being disputed in in court, and that's why the you know the hit was taken out against Way. Right. So it's possible that their business dealings were questionable from the beginning. So it could be that they're not uh, you know altogether genuine and authentic uh, gentlemen, should we say? So I'm going to say I think that. He he said, yeah, I'll, I'll take, yeah, I'll take that and I'll, I'll pay you the million and you make this problem go away from me. Mm. That's why I'm gone. I'm going to guess at that. They, they meet in a coffee shop and they devise their plan. And their plan is that they're going to take photos and stage the death of Wei. Put a bit of fake blood on him, bit of tomato ketchup. Yeah, say, oh, he's gone. Straight up. So they go back to his apartment. They take the photo. And in the photo, he's like tied up. He's bound and gagged. And, and they send the photo. That, that would have been a that would have been a fun hour setting that <laughs> up, wouldn't it? Hitman number five sends it to number four. Sends it to number three. Sends it to number two. Sends it to number one. And by the time it gets back to Tan, the person who hired the killer, um, Tan was already arrested by the police because Wei had gone down to the police station. Really? Already? Yep. So even though he stayed, even though he staged his own death, he'd already then gone to the police. The way that I read the story was that this might have taken a, a matter of days or a couple of hours or something for it to make it up the chain of the of the hitman cell phone WhatsApp message, the group chat. Also, how, how foolish are these hitmen? Because every time that they're passing on a picture, they're leaving like a, a huge paper trail behind them because i don't know i know that sometimes whatsapp you know because it's encrypted isn't it so sometimes whatsapp 
won't release the information because they say it's a violation of privacy, etc., etc. And if they do that for this particular crime, that that means that they'll have to do it for everyone that requests it. So. I don't know. WhatsApp might not have even needed to be involved in this because obviously he'd already gone to the police. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So all six men are arrested. Tan, the person who took out the the hit, and the five hitmen, they're all arrested. At first, they're acquitted due to a lack of evidence. Right. But prosecutors were able to appeal against that decision. So in uh in but by 2019, they're finally sentenced. Their second trial lasted three years. Three years. It's kind of strange. It seems pretty blatant to me. I'm not sure why it would take uh, why it would take three years, but it took three years. I don't know much about the Chinese judicial system, so I don't know how long things take over there. But I would also I would also guess that why Hitman Number Five technically hasn't he's received the information that he's you know they want him to you know he's they're going to pay him to take this guy out, but he technically hasn't done anything wrong. He's just gone to that guy and said, listen, I'm supposed to, you know, I've got a contract on your on your head, yeah. but I'm not going to do that. But I guess technically he's actually could be done for blackmail as well because he said, mm. but pay me this and I won't do it. So I don't know. Yeah. So uh, Rich, I would like to ask you, out of these six people who get arrested, who do you think gets sentenced to prison? And maybe we can maybe we can have you guess how long. We have six individuals, okay. one person who hired out the hitmen, and we have five hitmen. Who should go to prison and for how long? So Tan, in my opinion, should get the stiffest sentence. He should go to prison because he was the one that initiated it and said, right, I want this guy taken out. He, he's, you know, he's applied for murder, hasn't he there? So, and he's paid this guy, or at least half up front, for this hitman to, to take out Wei. So... I would say that Tan, I think Tan would go down for a long time. He's got to get, well, again, it's China, and I don't know, I would imagine their sentences are pretty stiff. So I reckon Tan went to prison, and I'd say he got 25 years. That's what I'm going to guess at. Okay. How about our five hitmen? Do they all get the same charge? Do they... Is there is there a world in which just being a hitman regardless carries some kind of, you know, custodial sentence? Because if you're a hitman for hire, technically that is not... That's not a legitimate enterprise, Right, is it? or it could, be, it could so, be proved as, like, conspiring to, you know... Yes. Yeah, that's true. So I would say... I would probably say as we get further down the list of five hitmen, maybe the sentences get less and less and less. Why? Well, I think starting with number five, for example, he he received the contract, but then he went to Wei and said, I've been asked to do this and I've been I've been asked to be you know, to take to take your life and I will be paid to do that. I'm not going to do that if you pay me not to do that. So that means that he, I think he, his sentence should be for, for blackmail. And I reckon probably blackmail should carry a sentence. If it involves taking someone's life, I reckon eight, eight to ten years for that. So I reckon he would get eight to ten years. I think the first hitman would get a long, I think he'd get a long sentence because it was the first man that was contacted and he's handed that down. So I, I think hitman number five, Blackmail, 10 years. And I'd say hitman number one, I would say conspiracy to murder, advertising yourself as a hitman. I, he's got to go down for 25 years to life, I'd say. And then hitman two, three, and four, 
They've received the order. They've passed the order on. I'd say 20 years for each of them. So Hitman 1, 25 to life. Hitman 2, 3, 4, 20 years. Hitman 5, blackmail, 10 years. How close am I? Go from the top down. Start with Tan. Tan gets five years. Is that it? Five years to pay someone to murder someone else? That's low. And I'm surprised. That really surprises me as well. And in China, you get only five years for that. In, wow. In this that's case, really surprising. Yeah, I know. It's freaking wild. Um, yeah. All right. So then the first, the first Hitman, number two, three, and four, all got three years. This is unbelievable. This can't be true because you would think that they, they're planning and plotting to kill someone. They're also idiots. They're passing it down through WhatsApp messages or messenger services or whatever. Um, they, they're plotting to kill someone. They're saying, I'll pay you this to kill someone. Yeah, so that, that makes me think as well, should this have proceeded and it actually happened and they got caught, they might not have even received that stiff a sentence, to be honest. Hitman number five, his name was Ling. His first name is Ling. He got yeah. two years and seven months. For conspiracy to murder or for blackmail? Uh, I believe it was for conspiracy to murder. Wow. So he even that he was charged with that, even though he, he didn't actually go through with it. And he tried to essentially extort um, way out of money to not kill him. That's right. They are... They're really, really low charges. I, I know. They're, I they're, those guys are that. quite lucky, aren't they? Yeah, I was 20. I mean, they might be. What year was it? 2014. So yeah. they're probably out by now. From what I saw, I believe that they were convicted in 2019. So, uh, yeah, most of them would be out by now. Because they had they had they... one, like, round of court. They had one trial, and then they were acquitted for lack of evidence. Or they had they had tried to, you know, appeal for lack of evidence. And then they had another, um, they had another trial. So, essentially, it took... I mean, the court case took longer than their sentences. Yep. Wow. And now they're basically back on the streets of China <laughs> advertising for business, oh, taking fuck. an advert out in the local rag, rebranded, reopened for business. Well, for those that are watching, we will have uh, we'll have their photos. There's a great photo of all of them in, in court. So you'll already have seen their photos by now if you're watching along with us. And, you yeah. know, they don't they don't get to be anonymous. I'm sure plenty of people know who they are. And I'm sure plenty of people um, are getting just as much of a kick out of this story as we are. Well, it's like you said. Also, now they've been exposed as being a hitman. They, they, I presume it's the kind of business that you kind of need to keep your anonymity a little bit, don't you? As soon as someone knows uh, who you are, that's it. You're seeing them walking down the street. You're thinking, I'm getting the hell out of it because I know what's about to happen. Yeah, I think they're going to be pretty limited on their employment options for the future. It makes me think to myself though if they're if they're handing down the you know the contract how many if they've ever actually killed anyone i know, what I know. they do they just get get the information off the dark web and go oh, i know it's like you know you're it's, it's like it's like running a business and having your office staff going yeah i'm not going to do that one i'll just palm that off to someone else and hopefully they can take care of that's it that's right yep that really is a too good to be true crime i know it? yeah and it's only from a couple of years ago so we got plenty of we yeah. got plenty of reporting on that. I mostly just found my stuff uh, from you know BBC and CNN reports. There's also like a ton of other awesome podcasters and YouTubers that have like made little shorts about this or animated cartoons. So it's a pretty funny story. But I just I had to share it with yeah, you, man. Mate, it's it's like they sound like a bunch of morons. Yeah, to be I know. So, like 
hapless criminals, to be fair, <laughs> that only ended up doing two and three years. That's mad. Yeah. But I wonder if I wonder if Tan and Wei ever sorted their dispute out. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see if we can do a follow up. We're we're planning to go to Japan, but we don't have a we don't have a tour planned to China yet. So. Well, mate, my flight goes via Beijing, so maybe I could nip out and see if I could like meet them. Just grab a, a quick, quick yeah, just grab a quick interview for the pod. What would be amazing about this story if Tan and Wei had like a real tearful reunion and they realised that <laughs> you know we've we've for all the for all the potential tragedy we've realised that we really missed and love each other, so we're gonna we're gonna set up a new business together. Do you know what Wei would always be looking over his shoulder though, wouldn't he? Thinking right, what's he got planned for me? Like be sitting at his desk and. Suddenly, he finds an axe in his back. Well, let's just put our differences Mate. behind us. Let's let's start a new. Yeah, there'll be an interview on on Oprah <laughs> talking about putting their differences behind them, rekindling their business relationship. Mate, it could happen. Be made into a movie. Well, oh, Rich, mate, so that was it. Was great to see you today, man. That's our first. Uh, that's our first video episode, and we can't wait to see everyone there. And it was great to see hello. you. Hello. Hello to anyone watching. Hello there. Greetings. <laughs> and it was great to talk to you and share this absolutely ridiculous true crime. Nice to see you, buddy. I'll see you on the next episode. Too good. Too good to be true crime. Too good to be true. Too fucking good to be true crime. It's true. Too fucking good to be true crime. That's all good shit.